0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Speed Force Media Podcast, the show where we recap your favorite comic book movie news of the week, and we see you every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. My name is Eleanor. I'm Derek. And we do have a really juicy episode for you today. Two of our topics, we do have more, keep in mind. Two of our topics are Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania has the worst critics score of any Marvel movie except for Eternals, and did the Flash trailer win over any Flash movie downers? Stay tuned to find out more. Hello everyone and welcome back. Happy belated Valentine's Day. We hope that you guys had a wonderful Valentine's Day yesterday doing the things that you love with the people that you love. How are you doing today, Derek?
1: Doing great.
0: You know, it's going to be a good episode today. I'm excited. So we should get right into it. Our first topic is going to be a little bit of a shorter one and it'll be a good one to kick you off. We're going to give you our thoughts on the Flash and the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 Super Bowl trailers. To start with, we're going to go with the Flash first. I gave a very detailed video the other day about my feelings on the Flash, so my statements here are going to be kind of brief. But Derek, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Well... I'm a lifelong fan of The Flash, if you can't tell by the name of the channel, <laughs> which Eleanor did help us with, of course.
0: Well, of course.
1: And although I have always been a fan of Ezra Miller's interpretation of The Flash, he necessarily hasn't been my favorite version of Barry Allen. I still do like John Wesley Shipp, right. Grant Gustin's a little bit more. But regardless of that, I've been wanting a movie of The Flash my entire life and there's been one in development hell since 1988. Look it up. and So the fact that we're getting an actual trailer finally, not just a teaser, real full-fledged trailer. There's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of anxiety. Because, yeah, we've heard Michael Keaton's in this movie but he was also in Batgirl and... That movie had apparently CW-like level quality. Apparently it was like a CW movie or a television movie, according to Peter Safran and every WB executive that saw it. I know Leslie Grace and Brendan Fraser dispute that, so take it for what you will. So don't really know what to make of, okay, yeah, Michael Keen's going to be in this movie. Batgirl's cancellation kind of honestly dampened my excitement for The Flash. We knew Michael Shannon Zod was going to be in it, but who knows? Maybe he was going to get cut out after Henry Cavill's no longer Superman. So seeing all of that is obviously nothing to be concerned about. They're very in the forefront, in the center stage. And it was beautiful. It was glorious. (laughs) Now, I was a critic of this whole Flashpoint storyline without Eobard Thawne. Without Thomas Wayne, as which I wanted, I. I really wanted Jeffrey Dean Morgan to play Thomas Wayne. I thought that, would have, that been would have been cool, epic. And I don't know who you could have brought in to play Reverse Flash, but and you know they don't have the Wonder Woman Aquaman storyline and the World War Three aspect, but they are kind of replacing that with the Kryptonian invasion and bringing back Michael Shannon and Feora as Zod and and. In a way, that's kind of a sequel to Man of Steel, which is my one of my favorite comic book movies. So I think that's great. I think if that's the main villain combined with Dark Flash, I think this movie is going to have a couple of amazing villains. And Andy Muschietti and Ezra Miller have said multiple times that this movie isn't necessarily about villains. It's about telling a story, a time-traveling story, but also a story about uh, a boy looking for his mother. Now, we'll see if how much of that's true. And how much of it's really just CGI, third action battle and whatnot.
0: Sky beam. Insert sky beam.
1: (laughs) But oh my god. When we saw Michael Keaton suit up and he finally turned around, I was like, okay. We're getting already way more than we got in the teaser. But he's getting up there in age. We know he's very fit, very mobile. And he can do action scenes still. But I was wondering how are they going to showcase his mobility and, you know, is he going to need any sort of physical enhancements? And then he takes the dive and he kicks all sorts of ass, just like he's Robert Pattinson's Batman. Like he could go toe-to-toe with any of them. Like he hasn't missed a beat. And it was perfect. I think everybody, and hearing the music as well, was just so perfect. So The Flash, super stoked for, I mean, I always was, don't get me wrong. But the drama behind the scenes, the constant drama with WB and DC films, as it were, I don't know, the previous 10 years or more,
0: right,
1: has obviously dampened this film. Because there's other films that I've been waiting all my life to see, like Justice League, mm-hmm. like seeing a Batman and Superman on screen together, like seeing Shazam, like seeing Black Adam. Some of those have turned out great, some of them not so much. So I am still a little skeptical because this trailer was amazing. Maybe the next trailer isn't. Maybe the trailers are great. Maybe the movie isn't. There is still that chance. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, no, I'm not going to go see this movie because of all the drama. And I I do get that. I I don't agree with it, but I, I understand it. But as a Flash fan, as a DC fan... I have to go see this movie. I'm so excited not to mention. And I was never really all that interested in this version of Supergirl for some reason up until this trailer. After seeing this trailer and then they immediately released three posters with Batman, Flash, Supergirl. Now I'm on board for this version. I hope she gets the role in the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow movie. I think that would be amazing. She looks great. Um... I even love the suit, seeing it actually in motion and seeing it in the trailer itself as opposed to just in the still images. Same with the Flash's suit as well. I'm still not in love with this cowl. I think it looks a little more like a helmet. And I think they should have went for more like a Captain America look where it's a little more flat. And we've seen other cowls look a little bit better. But in motion, it did look better. Anyways, I'm nitpicking suits at this point because I'm so just dissecting everything in this trailer still. Man, am I forgetting anything major? I mean, Ben Affleck. Oh, of course. But now, Ben Affleck's Batman did not get as many standout moments as Michael Keaton's Batman. And I think that's because Michael Keaton's Batman is going to play kind of the Thomas role Batman in this movie. So he's going to be a lot more. In the movie. I think he's got a lot more screen time. I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, I think so. But Ben Affleck's definitely going to be in the beginning. I think we all know that. And there's a chance he might show up in the end. But probably not so much in the middle. We're probably not going to have any scenes, unfortunately, with Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton together.
0: Right. I don't it's just kind of like the Flashpoint animated film. We didn't get any scenes of Thomas Wayne and Bruce Wayne together. Right. Right. But as for my thoughts, I'm really excited to see it. I think it looks fantastic. I was really really hesitant at first because of all the drama going on. I wasn't even sure we were going to get this movie for the longest time. So now that we actually know like this is happening, they're moving forward with it, I'm pretty pleased with what I see. I'm going to keep my expectations, you know, expectation-free when I go into the movie and not make it so I'm insanely disappointed or anything like that, just in case. But I'm still really excited to see it. I'm stoked about Michael Keaton. Like, that was probably the coolest part of that trailer, especially with, like, the original suit and all that. Like... I was so down. <laughs>
1: original suit, original theme, original Batmobile, original actor. Yes. I mean, they got great. it all back.
0: Yeah, it's great, and I'm, I'm stoked. But what are you guys thinking about the Flash trailer? We're going to move on into the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer just now. Um, we watched the Super Bowl, of course, because we're American, and that's what we do. So when I saw this Sup- the Super Bowl commercial, I had to go and watch it again a couple of times because with these trailers, I like to watch them multiple times, kind of digest them, really. Um, It kind of seemed sad, honestly, almost. It had a darker tone to it. Like You saw scenes of, you didn't hear it, of course, because there was narration above it, but of Star-Lord like screaming and stuff. Of course, there were some humorous moments. It's the Guardians of the Galaxy. There has to be some humor. They are pretty funny people. But there was a lot of sadness in this one. So I really do think they are concluding the chapter here, and I know they've confirmed that. But you can even feel it in the trailer that this is going to be the final chapter for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Whereas like Thor Love and Thunder's trailer felt like they were saying it might be the end of the chapter, but it felt like it was still open-ended. I f- I'm getting the feeling, the vibe from this Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer that it is the end of it.
1: That it is truly the end. That it's right. not just a marketing scheme.
0: Right. It's not a, just kidding, we're right back, type right. marketing scheme thing, like you said. It is, like, even Drax seemed injured or upset in this trailer. And, as we know, you know, Dave Bautista, sadly, doesn't... I don't think he really enjoys doesn't really his time enjoy, as Drax. No. So... I mean, it's sad, but it's going to be the end of the the legacy, really, for the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's been going on a while, like 10 years, I think, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, 10 years or more now.
0: Yeah, so I think it's going to be a fitting time to end this chapter for not only the actors' lives, so they can move on if they wanted to do something else, but also for these characters so they can usher in the next phase of space cadets, whoever these people are going to be, you know, because we're going to have some in the Avengers films, I guarantee you, we're going to have some sort of space oriented heroes,
1: some cosmic characters of some sort. Right,
0: exactly. So we just don't know who they're going to be yet. And I'm sure they're going to keep Captain Marvel around.
1: Probably the Marvels. Yeah, right,
0: exactly. So I think that's who they're going to usher in next. And I think they're opening that door up for this And they're finally putting an end to the chapter really for like phase three, phase four. Finally, I feel like here.
1: You know, I was late to the Guardians of the Galaxy party. I truly was because I am a little bit more of a DC fan than Marvel. I'm not crapping on Marvel because I do love Marvel. That's not what I'm saying. But Guardians of the Galaxy was just one that, that none of the trailers really sold me on the first movie. So I didn't rush out and see it in theaters. And it took me probably around the time of the release for the second movie, honestly, for me to come around to watching the first one. And I actually saw the second one first, which a lot of people say is not as good as the first. And I'd agree with that for the most part. Although, because I, th- I think because I saw the second one so late and saw it before the first one, I think I was a little more forgiving to the film than most. That being said, I'm not crazy about either films. I like them. I'm fans of them. I think that they're good, fun Marvel films, and they're definitely in the top 20, maybe even top 15. But I'm not ready to put even the first Guardians in my top 10 MCU at this point. It could grow up. And climb up there for me over time. But at this point, I'm not ready to say that. And that's fair. Yeah. For this trailer in particular, I would say that it definitely looks like you said. The stakes seem like they could be higher. It is James Gunn. He's going to have a lot more control over this movie, his cast, his characters, and, you know, being fired and then being rehired having to do his DC stuff first and now coming back to finish off his Marvel run. I think, you know, this is his swan song in a way. And I agree that Marvel cast really fought for James Gunn to come back. And I, you know, I'm rooting for this film as a DC fan. I'm rooting for this film to do great at the box office, to do critically well, to do audience, uh, you know, for the audience to like it. And I'm hoping that I like it. Uh, I hope it's my f- my favorite one out of the three, and like you said, Drax looked like he was maybe getting a little bit more of an emotional arc in this movie, which has kind of been Dave Batista's biggest complaint. Also, that he's not been as strong, maybe as Drax the Destroyer should be betrayed. Some would argue, just some, but I'm really excited. I wasn't jumping over the moon as much as the Flash, just because I'm a Flash guy, right? But Out of the future, Marvel movies in the near future. This one is up there for me. And yeah, it did raise my excitement, but I don't know. Maybe I'm alone in that. What do you guys think of the newest Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer? And do you think James Gunn is able to deliver a satisfying conclusion to the trilogy?
0: That brings us to our next topic, which is The Boys Season 4. Now, they've just confirmed that the Season 4 of The Boys will not be the final season. They are going to move forward with at least a Season 5. And last year, when Derek and I were covering news on what is now the Shipwreck Sunday Channel... Uh, we did look into this and the fact that they said they were going to at least go to five seasons. So this doesn't exactly surprise me, but it does excite me. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) I love
0: the boys, especially last season was just so insane. You and I were, like, addicted to it. Like, every week we're like, I gotta have my fix. When does it go live? (laughs) And then it would go on and we're like, let's watch it immediately. And as soon as the, the show would drop, like the episode would drop, we're like, what the fuck? Multiple times, Derek and I would look at each other and like, are you seeing this on our TV screen right now? Is this really happening? And then you go to the next episode, you're like, it can't be crazier than that. Oh, but it was. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what they do with season four, especially with the cliffhanger they left us on in season three. I'm like, damn, that was good. I'm excited to see it. I don't think, though, like, my biggest thing with the fact that we are going to get a season five... Is you and I were talking about this earlier. I don't think that Homelander's gonna die. I don't think he is. I think that um, he's probably going to, you know, at least make it into season five and then they'll probably kill him off then if that's where their conclusion is gonna be. I think the show really ends when Homelander dies, but I could be wrong. You know, they could kill him off and then go a full season and somebody else is the problem. But I feel like the show wouldn't have as big of an impact that way. So I'm hoping. Wouldn't keep, feel the same. Right. So I'm hoping they keep Homelander around. And I would be excited to see if they bring Jensen Ackles back. I'm sure they will, especially with having Jeffrey Dean Morgan joining well, the crew.
1: I, I think. Wasn't it confirmed that Jensen Ackles is coming back? I thought. I think so. Yeah. I thought he confirmed it himself, but I could be wrong.
0: I think so. Um, I do think so. We could be wrong on this. So um, if. Any of you guys know? I think know, there's a good chance
1: we're going to see Soldier Boy again.
0: Oh, I definitely. I don't think he's dead. And I think he is going to come back. Um, I am excited to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Definitely. I don't know who he's going to be, but I'm pretty excited. Like... They said that he was going to come into it. I'm like, they're just getting the whole Supernatural cast together. Like,
1: Oh yeah, you know Jeffrey Dean Morgan's going to have something crazy.
0: Wait till they get Jared Padalecki up in this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they will, but if they did, that would be interesting. Um, I am sad like with Maeve. Probably not going to be in the show anymore, but I think her end of her arc was a good ending for her. I am also excited, though, to see what goes on with with Starlight, because she's really cool. I like her character. Um, And also, just ending everything on a live stream, like, girl, spilled the beans!
1: Dropped (laughs) a pipe bomb.
0: She did! It was like, holy crap, man, she's gonna just mess up everything, and I'm just excited to see the ramifications because it's like when you drop a stone in the water and then there's ripple effects. She just dropped the fucking biggest rock in the water and there's going to be ripples for days. I'm so jazzed. But what are you feeling about this, Derek?
1: You know, The Boys is a show that when it first came out, the trailer just looked like some sort of alternate version of the Justice League and Avengers kind of combined or certain, certain... aspects certainly of that and i was not familiar with the comics at all so and i've still not read all of them Read certain little issues here and there right but going forward i don't think that this show is going to make it to 10 seasons although i would love it if somehow they could If they could stretch out the Homelander storyline that long and make it so that it is interesting having him around for, you know, a decade and not having any sort of real threat towards him. Of course, this season definitely was Homelander in his most physical vulnerable state. And that was very interesting having Soldier Boy there and having that dynamic versus all of the seven and the boys. Going forward, like you said, they said that they're probably looking around five seasons. Which, you know, I think Breaking Bad was around that time. I think five or six. Peaky Blinders is ending around that time. Five, six seasons, something like that. And shorter episodes a season, longer format, high-quality writing, high-quality produced. These shows have a lot in common. And The Boys is just another one of those shows that... For years now, has just delivered high-quality writing, high-quality content. The CGI, although it's not heavily relied on, when it is used, it's used brilliantly. And it looks great. It really does. I mean, sure, it doesn't look like a $250 million movie, but at times look like it people, looks pretty damn close. It does look
0: like people getting evaporated It does look like people's
1: well. penises exploding, so <laughs> I, I think it does a good job of conveying that, and <laughs> up close and personal. <laughs> up close and personal. <laughs> it's pretty Ooh. mind-blowing, or head-blowing, uh, however you want to put that. <laughs> oh, <But> my. <laughs> I think as long as... Sorry. <laughs> I just killed Eleanor. As long as the show doesn't drag on for too long, like... Eight nine seasons like the CW shows where it's 22 23 episodes a season. The Boys isn't going to do that, right? But if they could go out to ten seasons and it's as high quality as the first three, where it almost seems like the show is just getting better, right? Where you're not sacrificing at some point for quantity. At some point, the the seasons is going to regress. It can't just keep getting better and better and better. Eventually. We're going to have a season four or five of Game of Thrones and then it's going to pick back up or right. or vice versa. Maybe it'll just keep going down. I hope it doesn't decline. I hope it still ends on a high note. And yeah, I do think and no spoilers here, but I'm just predicting that the show is going to end with Homelander's death. I mean, that would be pretty right. fitting. You see Homelander's death in maybe 10, 20 minutes of the aftermath, maybe a time jump of say, seeing the seven actually acting like heroes and saving civilians and not being controlled by the government and having a free world without Homelander. That would be all great to see. And I think that's kind of where it's going. But it's not going to be this season.
0: No, they still have a shit show they have to untangle.
1: Because like you said, if 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 Soldier Boy comes back, let's say, and let's say Soldier Boy kills Homelander this season, is is season 5 going to be as are we going to be as interested or as anxious to see it without Homelander as much as we hate him?
0: We love is, to hate him, though. That's the reason why are we all keep watching him. Are the stakes going feel like. to
1: feel as high? Is, it, is there going to feel as big of a threat?
0: I don't think so. It's kind of like having Invincible Omni Man. Soldier Boy's pretty
1: damn scary, but yeah,
0: but obviously, Homelander is scarier. Yeah, because Soldier Boy even said he couldn't take him on by himself. So obviously. at least
1: not not yet. But right. what do you guys think? Are you a fan of The Boys? Are you looking forward to see it go on to Season 4, maybe Season 5? Do you think it could go to Season 10, or is that a stretch? Whatever you think, let us know in the comments below. Eleanor, what's our next topic?
0: Our next topic is the fact that there is a live-action Spider-Man Noir series at Amazon in the works. As we know, Amazon does a really good job with high-budget shows, at least for the most part, I'd say they are pretty successful, have a great track run. And the fact that they're going to get a Spider-Man show that is going to be set in the 1930s with a slightly older Spider-Man, not going to be Peter Parker. I think it's going to be an interesting watch. And I'd be excited to see where they take it. Especially because we haven't seen noir Spider-Man in anything other than Into the Spider-Verse. So it would be pretty interesting. Pretty much.
1: Well, I think he was also in an animated series.
0: Right, but Should I think popped like, up here and there, I think for the most part, we've seen him like very little, so it'd be cool to see him get his own spotlight, and it opens up the door, I think for a lot more spider people in live action shows or movies, and that could potentially be crossover events and stuff like that, so it'd be great to see an expanding spider world
1: right, and uh the sony i don't I can't remember if it was Amy Pascal. But one of the Sony producers came out and said that these Sony Spider Marvel characters getting their own spin-off shows is a huge priority for them. So I think shows like Spider-Man Noir, which I think is a great freaking idea, S- Silk uh, Spider Society, right, yeah. I always get the name terribly wrong. I'm not totally sold on that. As of right now, I think it's an interesting idea. It could be done right. I'm not sure if that's taking away the Black Cat Silver or Sable movie that was in development by Sony or if that's totally unrelated or not. Not sure how that works, but it sounds like Sony and Amazon is going to be in the works in doing TV deals for. Probably the next five, ten plus years. And it's in a way it's surprising that Sony doesn't want to partner up with Marvel Studios to develop some of these characters and include them into the MCU, which, you know, maybe some would argue, hey, the MCU hasn't been as successful as of late. Hey, you got a good point there. But I think the MCU overall's doing just fine.
0: And not only that, and, one of their most successful things has been Spider Man.
1: Right, their version of Spider Man. Tom Holland's, yeah. Absolutely. But one of the things that the loss of 20th Century Fox and their X-Men movies, whether you love all of them, you hate all of them, or you're kind of iffy, 50-50, is having different studios developing comic book properties, different producers, different ideas, and different takes. Different tones. Right. Everything kind
0: of becomes the same.
1: Right. Everything being under the MCU banner is not necessarily, I don't know, the most interesting or the most intriguing to me. Having a different take. I mean, they did Werewolf by Night, for instance, which was totally different. They've done things that have felt different. Right. And their tones have, I don't know. Varied. Varied. Yeah. But... Something like Spider-Man Noir, which I guess this take is going to be, like you said, in the 30s. And it's not going to be Peter Parker. It is going to be an older, more grizzled Spider-Man. And that is very interesting because it's not really a Spider-Man we've gotten to see as a lead thus far. We've gotten to see Toby in No Way Home, which would be great. How cool would it be? Now, I'm just spitballing here but how cool would it be if they pitched this series to Tobey Maguire? Let's say Tobey doesn't have any Spider-Man plans in the future, and they say, hey, Tobey, we want to do a one, two, maybe three seasons, like eight episodes, six episodes a season, Spider-Man noir. You're not going to be playing Peter Parker, but it does come with a paycheck. Eleanor, do you think there's any chance that Tobey Maguire could be playing Spider-Man or Now, I'm I'm saying like I said, it wouldn't be connected to anything previously and it would have to do obviously he'd have to have a clear schedule on his calendar for this. What do you think?
0: Um, if he had a clear schedule and they can make it work without it feeling confusing, without it feeling like okay, this doesn't tie into Toby Maguire's Spider-Man, but I don't get it. If they were able to get over that hurdle, I could see them doing that. But unfortunately, I do think that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland are too attached to the Peter Parker character they might to move forward with that. Though I think there are good options. I mean... Pedro Pascal has been killing it and everything so why don't we just throw him in this
1: there you go I
0: mean I think it would be great there's <laughs> there's a lot of people out there that I think are great actors that you could throw into this role I mean you could even I don't know like let's go completely crazy and let's throw Killian Murphy in there that would be cool hey. <laughs> Nice. He'd be like, damn it, another time period piece. Let's
1: give you a studio, (laughs) ma'am.
0: Yeah, give me my own studio and all the money that comes with it. (laughs) hundreds of millions of dollars.
1: Make these decisions off the top of your head. I love it.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't turn into a plane crash in any (laughs) sense of the word. (laughs) But I do think that a Spider-Man noir series will really kind of refresh the Spider-Verse because it can kind of get stale after a while of hearing Peter Parker... Uncle Bring Ben gobbling. dies, and Dog then we start, gog. yes, and then it's just over and over and over. So I think it will be refreshing to move into a different era of Spider-Man. While To really keeping. see something else. And still preserving the Spider-Man we all know and love, and having him somewhere else. So I think it's a good idea. Because if they were to do a Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse is already set up perfectly to have different universe Spider-Men. So you wouldn't have to explain why they don't intersect and why there's not like, oh, well, Peter Parker is not the first Spider-Man in this universe, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to explain any of that because they're all in separate universes. So I think that would work really well. It would be a good move for Sony, and especially if they have enough of the rights to continue making a believable Spider-Verse and continue making it enjoyable. I just want to see more Spider-Man stuff. So I'm all for And other
1: Spider-Characters. I want to see... right. You know, they said that this isn't going to be Peter Parker. I wonder if that's because of some sort of contractual issue. Maybe they because of the confusion, like you said. And you're probably right. Toby's probably way too recognizable. It's like getting Christian Bale to play Superman or something like that. Right. But I think having, and it sucks that he's not going to be going up against Nazis that we know of but it's probably going to be right. something along the those lines. It's 30s a
0: little too early for that, but um it could be mobsters and gangsters which because which is be so freaking that would, cool. That's around the time of like, you know, like Bonnie and Clyde, that kind of deal. So right. that would be kind of interesting. It's also during the depression, so it would be great to see, you know, what is a Spider-Man doing and he's probably more grizzled because the Great Depression is happening, the dust bowl just happened, so everyone's down on their luck. Everyone is S.O.L. And so I think that It would really make an interesting perspective for a kind of jaded Spider-Man. So I think it's going to be interesting to see.
1: He traditionally shoots guns, right? I think so. In the 30s, would would you think Peter Parker, or I guess it's not Peter Parker, but do you think this version of Spider-Man would have access to a gun at that time?
0: Probably, especially if you're dealing with mobsters. Maybe you wouldn't use it all the time, but... You know, maybe his web shooter is in the form of a gun. I guess it
1: is in New York. It's not like there's a huge contraband at the time, right?
0: No. Um. But maybe it is like, you know, his web shooter is more like a revolver that he holds on to rather than he uses a web at... shooter. Who knows what they're going to do and how they're going to explain all this stuff. There's a lot of things they could do there. So I am interested to see that and see where they take it. but.
1: I wonder if Spider-Man Noir is going to be using his web shooters kind of as like a backup, like a last resort. Maybe it leaves like a trace behind. And that would be a way to kind of keep the budget a little bit lower. Right. I would really take my hat off to Marvel Studios if they were the ones behind this idea because like DC and DC Studios and James Gunn, and they're doing DC Elseworlds. It would be cool to see a Marvel Elseworld. To see Spider-Man Noir able to continue and on in its own crossover in the future if, you know, if things lined up that way. If not, it doesn't need to, but it would also open the door for like, you know, Sp- Spider-Man uh Miles Morales or uh Scarlet Spider or Spider-Gwen. Those are all TV series I would watch. I think right. a lot of other people would as well. And that's all I have for it. What do you guys think about Spider-Man Noir getting their own series? Are you excited for it? Are you a little skeptical about Sony being involved? Lord Miller being involved? Amazon? Whatever you think, let us know in the comments below. And Eleanor, what is our next topic? Well, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania. Though a lot of us thought it was going to be a
0: really anticipated movie, and I'm still anticipating it, it has the second worst critic score of the MCU it's a little above Eternals which is at 47% what is the score at right now Derek as of filming this episode
1: 52%
0: so it's falling because um, when we checked earlier it was at like 58% so it's it's still falling and that's a little concerning for me because when I saw this I thought it would be the most <laughs> why are you like this <laughs> <laughs> you gotta warn me before you shit on the fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we're leaving this in, right? <laughs> oh.
1: I love Ant Man, but it's not looking too good. I mean, uh, I mean, that's not that's not what you want to see,
0: right? Not... And it's it's really just crashing and burning. It's at fifty two percent, y'all. That's got to be like one of the worst. Like that's it is one of the worst MCU scores, and that's shocking to me. Just because when I saw the trailer, I'm like, this looks good. Like to me, it actually looks like one of the better looked
1: big epic.
0: Yeah looked like the stakes were really high. And they were saying that they wanted Paul Rudd to be kind of the face of the next phase. And, you know, they're introducing their next big baddie really in this film. Sure, we've seen a version of him in Loki, but we're really seeing who he is in this movie. So, I think the fact that this movie is kind of a letdown for critics makes me really nervous about it. Makes me kind of like, oh god, is phase five going to be... Kind of like Phase 4. Because Phase 4, don't get me wrong, was a good phase. But it was probably my least favorite phase of them all so far. For a far. lot of
1: people, yeah.
0: And um, so I'm just worried that Phase 5 is going to continue that trend. Because I'm really wanting the MCU to pick back up and be epic again. Because when you have you know, good competition, like when Marvel elevates themselves, DC elevates themselves. And so I think it just makes the market better. So I'm hoping that it gets better in Phase 5. But what are you thinking about this? Because I'm just nervous.
1: You know, I'm a big fan of the Ant-Man movies. And I, I think that's a little sometimes, if depending on the circle you're in, unpopular to say some people really love Paul Rudd and Ant-Man as a character when he's interacting with other characters but not so much of his independent movies and that's totally okay whatever you think of those movies I don't think they're top 10 MCU movies necessarily but whenever I throw them on I have a fucking awesome time I love Paul Rudd I love Michael Pena I love the whole cast and I think everybody was just, just nails it okay and Unlike a lot of other Marvel movies, I think the humor in those movies, for some reason, they just, they they hit the right bone for me. So seeing that this movie was going to go up in the scales, up the stakes, maybe go with a little bit darker tone based on the trailers, did not worry me at all. In fact, it made me excited because I was like, hey, kind of like Thor Ragnarok was to the first two Thor movies. It's going to take a drastic shift in tone. Just this is a different situation. It's going darker. And that made me really excited. And Kevin Feige came out and said, you know, it's about time Scott Lang and the Ant-Man cast got the forefront and got to shine And start an MCU phase off. And at this point, they've earned it. And I agree with all of that. But at this point, I'm beginning to wonder if it was maybe a mistake. Introducing Kang the Conqueror, the big bad of your new MCU phase, uh, and what is it called? The Multiverse Saga. Right, yeah. In an Ant-Man movie, which has, you know, been a heist movie, has been very low kind of scale, low stakes, and that's kind of been the charm of those movies, for me at least, and I think of a lot of other people, or at least a lot of other fans of those movies. And I think maybe, I haven't seen the film yet, but some of these critics might be just thinking, hey, it's a little too sci-fi, it's a little too big, it's a little too MCU, and... It's not enough of that family-friendly Ant-Man that we got to know and love from the, the first two. I don't know if this is true or not, but I know some people are saying maybe that some of the magic is lost because the daughter's older now. So some of that chemistry is gone, but everything I've seen from the trailer, it looked like quite the opposite. I, I still thought the cast looked like, they, looked like they still hadn't missed a beat. Right, but they still got along. From right. some of these reviews that I've that I've read and some of the reviews we've listened to, it sounds like maybe some of the humor throughout the movie is a little misplaced or some of it gets a little schlocky. Obviously, we'll have our own review up here in the next week or so, and we'll make our own opinions known. But it does dampen my excitement a little bit. But at the same time, I'm still open minded enough to go see it and make my own decision.
0: Yeah, and I think that's definitely a good way to look at it, is to go into it with expectations at the door, but to still be realistic and, you know, not expect the moon of this thing. Not let the trailer over-inflate the expectations for it. Because otherwise, then you're just going to end up disappointed no matter what movie you see, you know? If you get really high expectations for any movie, you're going to feel kind of crappy after you leave it. I'm The only thing I'm worried about in this movie is it looks like there's a ton of CGI. And when movies have a ton of CGI for me, sometimes they can feel a little silly or um, like I'm almost losing my grasp with it because it just doesn't have a grasp on reality for me. Sure. So I'm hoping that they can still make it feel real and make it feel grounded while still having all of the CGI and stuff going on. And I'm hoping that all the effects work looks great because I think with every heavy CGI film, you kind of go into it with a little bit of a squint. You know, like, hmm, is this going to be good or is this going to be Mustache Gate?
1: We have no idea. And I thought the first two Ant-Man movies, which was also directed by Peyton Reed, the visual effects I thought were great. I thought the visual effects for the Quantum Realm and Avengers Endgame also looked really good. But like you said, this movie is going to rely heavily a lot more on visual effects. There's almost some Star Wars vibes as well. But every review I have heard has said that King the Conqueror, Jonathan Majors, absolutely nails it. And is a great opening for him. And a lot of people are excited to see what's still to come. But this is just kind of a stepping stone into what's to come later, as opposed to a great trilogy, a great finale for the Ant-Man trilogy, which the Ant-Man movies, like I said, the first two, I'm huge, big fans of. I was really hoping the third one was going to crush it and be the best out of the three, kind of like Thor Ragnarok was for the first two, in some people's opinions, but going in a darker tone, ending the trilogy on more serious tone, kind of like maybe Spider-Man No Way Home is a better example. Right, I think that would have been a great way, not, not to send off for Paul Rudd, but it would be a great way to finish that trilogy, a trilogy that we were honestly questioning if we were even going to get a third installment. They said before this film came out that there was talks about a fourth movie coming out, But depending on how much lower this critic score gets and the obviously the box office success of this film is obviously going to depend on whether or not we get a fourth movie. But hopefully this isn't the last time we see Paul Rudd as Ant-Man and hopefully this movie can make a uh, turnaround and hopefully audiences will have a little bit different opinion but what do you guys think are you going to go see ant man and the wasp quantum mania are you going to make your own opinion or are the critics and the critics score kind of turning you otherwise maybe you'll just wait to disney plus whatever you think let us know down in the comments below as we always love to hear your thoughts
0: and finally we have one last topic that i think is going to be a very good discussion point for us so derek are you ready i guess did the Flash trailer win over Flash movie doubters? And this means anyone who was like, no, I don't want to see it no matter what, or the people who thought that the movie was just not going to come out.
1: Well, obviously, we can't speak for everybody. But I, myself, have been a fan of the Flash since I was four years old. He's been my favorite superhero ever since. And I have been waiting all my life for a full, big-screen adaptation for this character. But with all of the background drama, with all of the legal drama and accusations and all of that stuff, that has definitely dampened my excitement before this trailer and it's still in the back of my head going into the movie. There's a lot of people that are still just not going to see this movie no matter what. Doesn't matter How many amazing trailers they see doesn't matter how many amazing reviews they hear. It doesn't matter if it makes a billion dollars, wins an Oscar. They're never going to see this movie, whether that's, you know, right decision, wrong decision. That's their decision. That's totally up to them. Right. But I will say that it seems like the general consensus is that out of all the trailers that came out of the Super Bowl, especially comic book movie ones, I think The Flash is the one that kind of stole the show. And I think so, yeah. I think a lot of people were kind of skeptical even regarding the story of this movie. First time The Flash is getting a movie and there's going to be two Barry Allens. There's going to be two Batman. You're introducing a Supergirl. And before, during the Walter Hamada regime... There was a lot of questions of, okay, is this going to be the new DCEU moving forward? Is Michael Keaton going to be this world's Batman? Is Supergirl going to be this world's Henry Cavill's Superman replacement? There was all those questions, and now it's just going to be enjoying this film for what it is. It's kind of going to be, in a way, a finale, a swan song for Ben Affleck's Batman for the DCEU. And I think a lot of people are starting to see that and kind of come around to it despite the drama and despite what's going on in the background. That being said, I think there's also a lot of reasonable people that know all these other people like Michael Keaton, like Sasha Kelly, like Andy Muschietti have worked really hard on this film and that this film is not just Ezra Miller's. And supporting it and going to see it and seeing the story that they have to tell does not guarantee that Ezra Miller is going to continue to play The Flash. And for a lot of people, I think, yeah, this trailer did win them over. And it's not going to win over everybody. It's not It's not ever going to win over everybody. But yeah, I myself included, as a major fan of this this character, even to some degrees, I myself was won over by this trailer so I gotta assume that yeah there was some doubters that were won over and that seems like it's kind of the consensus
0: I would say I was probably one of the doubters that was kind of like I don't know if I want to see this with all the stuff going on at first but I will say that this trailer really opened my eyes and made me excited for it because I was nervous with all the stuff going on in the background and I mean who wouldn't be and, you know, I had to tell myself, and I don't know if this is going to help anyone who still is kind of on the fence about seeing this movie. Ezra Miller already got their check, pretty much. Like, we can say that competently. Right, I unless... Say. I mean, because we don't it know. Because it doesn't matter, sure. like, the box office isn't going to change their check.
1: It could, depending on certain circumstances, but...
0: Right. But for the most part, they've already been paid. So... Moving forward with that, me not supporting this film isn't going to change much. Um, I'm just going to be missing out on a movie that I want to see. So I still want to see it and you know, support the other people that are in this film, like you said. I think was a really good point. And yeah, I definitely want to be part of that solution, being able to support the theaters, support the other people who made this film and worked hard on it. And you know, I don't want to excuse or condone any of the things that Ezra Miller has done. But I do hope that they get help, and you know maybe their redemption arc in the future isn't going to be with the Flash. Maybe and it, it will shouldn't be... be right, and it will be with another film. But hopefully they do get that redemption arc, and they do get better, and they continue to improve because that's all I ever want for anybody is for them to have a good life and to be able to be a decent human being. So I hope as long as they continue that, I hope their journey's good. Regardless of that though, I'm going into this film. Trying to see Ezra Miller's face as Barry Allen instead of seeing Ezra Miller because I think for me and for other audience members, it might make it more enjoyable. Fully immerse yourself in that world and in the character and try to put all expectations at the door, all problems at the door. Keep everything, I mean, like out of your mind as much as possible, and just walk into the film with as open of a mind as possible. That's my goal for it. And especially because it's going to be in summer, and I'm always happier in summer, so I think this is going to be a great time to see it. And
1: not everybody can do that, but holding on to those thoughts is not going to make the movie any better or worse. It's just going to dampen your own personal experience. And from the trailers, at least in my opinion, a lot of other people's opinions, the trailer looks like this movie could, in fact, be something special. I don't know if about Dark Knight level, but No Way Home, certainly, maybe, and... Going out to support this film is not supporting Ezra Miller. It's supporting right. DC, and it's supporting The Flash, which if this movie tanks, if this movie bombs, we already know a good uh, a good chunk of Chapter 1 from the DCU slate. None of it includes The Flash. None of it says The Flash sequel. Who knows what their plans are for The Flash, and obviously the box office will certainly play a, a part in that as well. But if this movie doesn't doesn't do good, then they're certainly not going to move forward with a Flash sequel, right. regardless of Ezra Miller's attached or not.
0: Right. It could shelf the character entirely for a long time. Kind of like how Green Lantern got Green Lantern's character shelved forever exactly. because of how bad that movie was. So, I mean, regardless of what's going on, let's hope for the best movie possible and hope for the best outcome possible. For the beloved character, not for any of the people involved, but for the beloved characters that are in this film. The actors are merely the vehicle for these characters to come to life. So, just keeping that in mind, I'm just hoping that this is going to be as good as the trailers because now I'm hyped. Honestly, like, I'm ready to see this. I'm more excited to see this than I am to see Shazam.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I feel kind of a little good. bit bad for Shazam, because now everybody's talking about The Flash. This trailer was amazing, where Flash or uh, Shazam is coming out next month.
0: Right, exactly, and I'm like, Shazam who? I'm ready to see The Flash now.
1: I'm still stoked about Shazam, but yeah, I was already excited for The Flash. This trailer elevated it to in a level I honestly did not think was possible, a level I didn't want it to be, because I didn't want to be disappointed massively, and now, my yeah, my expectations are pretty high, but... What are your guys' expectations for The Flash? Did this trailer win you over? Are you still a doubter? Were you a doubter before? How did this trailer honestly make you feel? Regardless of the background stuff, because we all I think we can all agree we don't want to see Ezra Miller continue on as The Flash, and we would all say that if they did, that'd be completely idiotic. But with all of that said, what do you think about the film particularly, the trailer? Are you excited? And do you think that there's ever going to be a sequel whatever you guys think about all of that let us know in the comments below as we always love to hear your thoughts and your insight
0: thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode of the speed force media podcast if you're listening on youtube please leave us a like leave us comment and subscribe if you're feeling fancy as it does really help us out if you're listening on spotify samsung podcasts or amazon music Please leave us a five-star review and subscribe as it does help us reach more people like you. Tune in next week if you want to hear more fabulous comic book news from Derek and I. And thank you guys so much. Have a great week and remember to iron your capes.